0: Welcome friends, my name is Jonathan Reeder and I am the Community Life Pastor here at Friends Church in Orange. And we are so glad that you are checking out this message today. We hope that you find inspiration for your spiritual journey, wherever you're at on that journey. We're just glad that you're here today. If you wanna find out ways to get connected here at Friends and be a part of our community, you can just check all that out on the website that you're on right now. Find out how you can be a part of what is happening here at Friends. We hope you enjoy this message and we hope that God blesses you through what you hear. Happy new, year. Happy new Year! Love it. How many of you would say I had the best Christmas I've ever had in my life? No one. How many of you had it was pretty awful, and I'm glad just to get to the New Year. Thank you for your honesty. Everybody else is just like mm, I did it. You know what I mean, Chris? I did Christmas, and we made it. Uh, here's what I would say though, just to affirm uh, many, if not all of you, and that is, you help make Christmas at friends spectacular. Uh, In many, many ways. The first one is you got to see generosity on display because we had over a thousand people at our five services show up in this building, which is amazing because I don't know if you know this or not, but it's kind of hard to get to this location specifically. Like parking, how's that working for you? You know what I mean? It's like we make it as hard as we can, right? With kids and strollers especially, it's so hard to get to church. And it's like a lot of times you go, I go to friends. Where's that? It's like this sort of building tucked away by the train tracks with a sign on it. Good luck looking for it. But it's amazing because all of what that shows me is you invited people. Like, people don't just show up here. You show up because you're invited. You show up because you're looking and you're seeing. And somebody shared a story in a classroom, in a workplace, or you just heard about it at a coffee shop downtown. So I love that you guys invited people to come. The second thing I got to see generosity tangibly on display is every single week we talk about giving. And it's not that we or that God are desperate for your money. That's never the case. It's always exactly what Sean talked about. It's part of where we personally get to experience God and the way he just empowers us and gives to us, and we get to change the world together. And we got to see that, and uniquely we talk about December in terms of giving because it's a unique month for us. People tend to sort of give more at the end of the year. So December was always coming in right on budget, which is like, hey, just don't forget, hear God, respond to him. So we get to start this new year 20% over where we thought we were going to be because of your generosity. How about that? So the first thing, if you've been around friends, the first question we, of course, ask is, God, what do you want to do with this? Like, because the more is never for us. You guys know this in your life. When God gives you bonuses, when you get raises, the first thing that goes to your mind is, well, this can't be for us. Can't be for our, that's what you say, right? Like, it can't be for us. It's got to be, what does God want me to do with this? I'm sure He wants us to give this away. I'm sure He wants us to bless people in our community. So, you need to know, we've already started asking those questions. I'm talking with Matthew, our lead pastor, our elders, going, what does God have for us? But we know that it's more because He's a good God. So, I love that. We had a great Christmas here, and I'm glad you're starting New Year with us. The other thing, uh, many of us, how many of you enjoy the rain? You love it when it rains. Wow, a lot of you. But you love it when it goes away too, don't you? Yes, it's like, I'm glad it's gone. It's wonderful for a day or two. So navigating the ups and downs of the rain over the last couple weeks has been fun. We got to spend tons of time with our family together, just like you guys, hopefully. And in part of that, I remember one day specifically, kind of after Christmas, before New Year's, it was pouring down rain all day, and I was hoping it would clear, because every night, usually, my wife, Holiday, and I, we take a walk just around our neighborhood. We got a couple dogs. We had to get them out and just take a walk, and we debrief the day. So after pouring down rain all day, we finally got out that night for a walk. We just took our walk and just catching up and reflecting on Christmas. And as we're walking back up to our house, we see on the porch there, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Cozy, she got these brand new shoes she really wanted for Christmas, and they're on the porch, and they are absolutely ruined. They're covered in mud, like her whole day at school or wherever she had been. I mean, it looked like somebody just dragged them through the mud. And Holiday's like, oh, they're ruined. And we walk in, we're like, Cozy, I'm so sorry. What happened to your shoes? And she goes, I know. And she comes out, and her jeans, she's like, my jeans are ruined too, because whatever she was stepping in, just splattered all over her new jeans and her new shoes, just totally ruined. And I was thinking about that, because so often, most things in life, they get ruined at some point they just start to wear down they start to wear out it could be toys you get for christmas or new clothes or new things and over time they just start to wear out you know we lose pieces we can't find them anymore you know you lose a power cord to something and all of a sudden you can't use it anymore and all they just start to degrade over time and what's interesting is it's not just things we start to make that same assumption about everything in our life that over time it's just what happens it wears down, gets old, gets ruined, gets a little tired, kind of loses its luster, you know, over time. We could start to think that way. We, we get a, for example, we could get into the college that we really wanted. We could think, oh, I made it, I did it, and all the joy and all the work and all the energy. And then after six months or twelve months or a year there, you're like, wow, you start to see, I don't love this place, and how did I end up here, and what does this look like? We can do the same thing with jobs. We work so hard to get a job, we love it, and we're so excited. And then over time, we start to go, oh, I don't know. Is this really the place? It starts to lose its luster, kind of get tired, get old, starts to wear out. Sadly, we can do the same thing with relationships. We can get a new roommate, make a new friend, and we think, this is the best. And we spend all this time and energy together. And over time, what happens? Oh, you're not who I thought you were. We know we do that in, in marriage, right? We live in one of the counties with the highest divorce rates in the nation, Because I think over time, we just start to go, wait, this isn't what I thought. You know, when I said, yay, forever, it was like, oh, forever, like means forever. Like this is, so we're gonna endure these kinds of things. And all of a sudden, we think that's the way everything works. Things just get ruined over time. And maybe that's kind of how you're starting the new year. That's why we make goals and resolutions, right? We look at the things that feel broken, things that feel tired, things that feel worn out, things that need improvement or renewal, and we start to think, We need some newness there, some freshness, feels a little worn out. So there's something in your life, should come in today, kind of start this new year, something that feels a little old, a little worn out, maybe broken or ruined like cozy shoes. Maybe it is a school or a job or a vocation. Maybe there's a move you're thinking about making. Maybe it's a relationship that's hanging on by a thread. Maybe it's something that Christmas stirred or created, and you're wondering what that's going to look like. But I I love that you're here. Because we're starting a a new series called All Things New. And we're looking at finding renewal in a world of ruin. A world that's constantly telling us that over time everything fades, including relationships. And what if, what if it's possible that over time there's certain things in life that actually get better, including relationships? What if over time things like your character, your capacity to love, to have grace and compassion and kindness, your generosity, your wisdom. What if marriage actually gets better instead of worse over time? You see, all that's possible. And that's exactly what we're gonna look at in this series. We're gonna look at not only the foundation of renewal, why we need renewal in this world, but we're also gonna look over the course of this month at the four foundational rhythms of renewal that God gives us in his word. And so if you just, I'm so glad you're here, it's a great place to start, right? Start at the beginning, it's a very good place to start. And that's how we're starting our new year together in these new rhythms. So the first thing we need to think about is why do we need renewal? Why do we need all things to be new in this place? That's the title of the series, if there's places in our life, why do we need renewal in the first place? Well, at one point, all things were actually new. And hopefully you're reading through the Bible in one year with us, or listening to it through the app, But just this week, we started at the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, where it's the first five words. In the beginning, God created. At one point, everything was new. Everything was beautiful. God declared everything was good. So everything that we get to see, right, the power and the beauty of the sky and the earth and the sun and sunsets and all of creation, including man and woman, you and me, like created in God's image, he says, this is the best, the pinnacle of creation, He says, you are like my prize, my most valuable creation. And he declares everything's good and it's beautiful. And he says, we all get to just live together in this beautiful place called Eden. We get to enjoy relationship with one another, with God, with each other, with all of creation. We get to become everything that you were designed to be over time. And everything's wonderful. And he says, all of this is yours to enjoy, except that tree. You guys have heard this story, remember? Everything's your, everything. It's all just a world of yes, except that tree. And then what happens? Of course, Satan gets in there, starts lying and deceiving, and he's like, well, wow, is God really good? Can you really trust him? I mean, is he good if he's gonna withhold things from you? He just starts kind of twisting and manipulating and deceiving, and you know, he just goes to even, he says, well, did God really say he says, Does God say you can't eat from any tree? Kind of takes the words and just twists them just a little bit. It's like, well, no, I didn't say any tree, he just said that tree. Oh, and he's questioning who God is. Is he good? Convincing Adam and Eve that the one thing that they don't have is the one thing they need to be happy in life. Right? We just talked about that at the end of last year. And then all of a sudden he goes from Do God really say, he makes this promise to them. He says, you know, you, you could be like God. You could be just like God. You don't need to depend on God. You could be God. You could be the ruler of your life. You could be in control. You could be as powerful as he is. You could control all the resources. You could manipulate your life. And all of a sudden, they choose that. And what happens? It brings this thing called sin, which is just, it's an archery term, which means missing the mark. Right? And it's like they missed the mark with that choice. They missed the mark with their decision. They missed the mark by not trusting and believing in God's goodness and his kindness. And so all of a sudden sin comes in and does what? It just ruins their lives. It ruins their relationship with God. It ruins the whole world. And so now we're all introduced into this world of ruin. Our desire to be like God is what destroys us. Our our belief that somehow we can control our lives, that every need that we have should be fulfilled, that every feeling and every impulse and every desire is a good one. And so we go chase it. And then all of a sudden, it does just what it did for Adam and Eve. Leaves us into this place of emptiness, brokenness. We start to hide and isolate just like they did. And then, of course, we start to blame and point fingers. Well, it's her fault. It's his fault. It's God's fault. It's the world's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's the school's fault. It's the professor's fault. It's somebody's fault and all the ruin that we face in our lives. And so is there anything in your life that feels ruined? Any place that needs renewal? Because this is where it comes from. This is why all of us need life. this is why it's so good, the fresh start, the new year. I'm glad that you're here because we get to walk out a different kind of life where we get to experience renewal. And that's what we see. We all have this need for renewal, places that are broken in our life, but thankfully God actually has and he gives us the power for renewal. And we see God knew that they and that we could never fix life on our own. He knows we can't bring renewal to this world on our own. And so he gives the gift of Jesus, everything we just celebrated at Christmas. It's why he sent Jesus into this world. We talked about it. We celebrated it over the holidays. We get to see it lived out over time, everything that Jesus teaches and everything that he puts on display, everything we've been singing about this morning, the love and the power and the grace and the kindness and the forgiveness of God. That's everything Jesus was teaching, that renewal is possible in and through a relationship with him. And he says it's all possible if you simply believe and trust in me. I will give you the power of renewal. And Jesus started setting up his disciples for this. He was talking to them. He says, I'm going to have to go away, but I'm going to give you this great gift, the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were probably like, what does that mean? And it's the same power that was empowering Jesus' life to walk out a life of renewal in the midst of a world of ruin. It's the power that gave him just the wisdom and the kindness and the compassion, the power that gave him that he was able to heal In this world, it's the same power. He says, This is the same power I'm gonna give you. And then we see that lived out. He makes the same promise. And so, in this world of ruin, where everything is being ruined over time, Jesus promises renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see this thread pulled all through the Bible, all through the church, through generations. More specifically, we see it when Paul was writing to the church. In 2 Corinthians, he says this. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. See, what he's saying is there's actually a way to to age backwards. There's actually a way to, to reverse this curse of ruin on your life from the inside out. And as our bodies get older, we can actually become younger from the inside out. We can experience deeper friendships. We can have marriages that last and grow more loving and more kind over time. We can gain more wisdom that impacts the way we live out our life. We can walk with strength because of the power of renewal that God gives us. And so we get to see this played out over time. I've gotten to experience this person. I still experience this in my life. So one of the things uh, that I... Get because I have four kids, three of them uh, are teenagers. And so you know what they give you is a lot of feedback. (laughs) Just whether you want it or not, that's what they do, I've learned. And so as they've gotten older, I get a lot of feedback, for example, on my body. And you know, specifically things like my bald spot, which like over the last 10 years, it's gone from like this to like this. And it's like, dad, that thing's taking over your head. You got to do something about, you know, we'll see the ads, right? Because we're watching ESPN and Just for Men or whatever is coming. Like, dad, right there, you should try that on. You know what I mean? So things like, things like, what well, you know, and why I can't grow hair here, what's fascinating is I'll sit at the dinner table and all of a sudden it's like, dad, you got a hair sticking out of your ear? Like, you got to fix that. What's going on there? I got hair growing out of my nose and my ears and, and they're willing to tell me. And just go, you grow hair there, but you can't grow it on your head anymore? Like, what's happening with you? And my weight. They're willing to talk with me about my weight. Say, Dad, your your body, how come I look at pictures of you and Mom like 20 years ago? And it looks different than you do today. You know what I mean? You may weigh the same, but it's been redistributed in ways that just don't seem healthy. You know what I mean? They're willing to give me lots of feedback on my body and what's happening to it over time. And... If you sit with them long enough, they're also willing to give me and they're willing to tell you more about who I am and who I've become over the last 10, 20 years with them. They could tell you that I'm different today than I was five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 or 20 years ago. They could tell you that I'm more compassionate. They could tell you that I'm more patient that there's a gentleness to me, a strength that's more under control than it was then. They could tell you that I'm more gracious, I'm probably easier to talk to than I was when they were younger. They could tell you that I I love to listen to them and ask questions and share whatever wisdom that, that I have through experience that God's given me. They could tell you how this gets expressed in the way that I love not just the world, but the way that I love them and the way that I love Holiday, my wife. They could tell you how I listen differently to her, how I'm quicker at apologizing than I was, how I'm more willing to just do things to help out that I know need to be done rather than waiting for her to ask and dragging my feet. And though I'm far from perfect, and all of who I want to be, they could tell you that while this body is wasting away, and this body's getting tired, and it's getting older, my spirit is being renewed every day, every week, because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me. You see, all of us have a need for renewal, places that we walk into our lives just that bring ruin and destruction. But God, through his power, through a relationship with Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us, can actually renew us from the inside out and transform us. And so before we even take our next step and move into the rhythms of renewal, and what that looks like to live these out over time, I want to just pause here. Because maybe, maybe for some of you, you haven't made the decision to trust God to renew your life. Maybe you haven't made the choice to believe in Jesus and allow him to give you this gift of the power of his spirit to renew you from the inside out. So I just want to pause and I just want to pray. And so I'm going to ask all of us, if you would, just to close your eyes and bow your heads. And, and if you've never trusted Jesus, I invite you just quietly in your, own, in your own heart, just pray. Pray this prayer with me. God, today, I, I trust you. Today, I hear that, that you existed before time, before me, and that you are the same God. You are consistent in your love and in your faithfulness and in your kindness. And God, you grieve over the ruin in this world and the ruin that I have brought into this world by trying to be like you, by pursuing my own desires, my own selfishness, my own needs and wants as opposed to yours. And so God, would you forgive me? God, would you give me the power and the gift of renewal through the presence of your Holy Spirit at work in my life? Would you fill me with your love and your kindness and your compassion and your grace? And would you begin through your power at work to renew me from the inside out? And I pray this in your name, amen. You see, all of us have a need for renewal, and all of us have an opportunity to walk in the power of renewal that God gives us through a relationship with him and through Jesus. And so what do we do then if we want to fight the aging of our bodies, which this world is really good at, what do we do? Well, we take steps towards it, right? There are behaviors and habits that we take on to fight aging. For some of us, it's just for men. You know what I mean? For others, it's hair color. For a lot, I love what Angel said earlier. How many of you got your gym membership? You know, there's one right next door. You could come to church and then just go there every single weekend. It's right there, right? It's possible. But we take steps. We do things, right? Wrinkle creams or whatever. That's what we do. And so the bottom line is there are rhythms of renewal that God designed for us to receive and to walk in the power of renewal that he gives in his spirit. You see, it's not a passive thing. It's this walk that we do with him over time. It's these habits and behaviors that he created for us in the very beginning that have gotten lived out through his people, the church, for years. And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to give you one of them today, but we're going to talk about these four things as we go through this month of January. Just establishing these rhythms of renewal in our lives so that we can become who God created us to be. So the first one, they all come out of Acts chapter two. It's where we see the birth of the church, right? So Jesus finally goes away like he told them, but he says, I'm gonna give you this gift, the Holy Spirit, and then they have to get together and start figuring out, okay, how do we walk in the power of the Spirit? How do we renew our spirits while our bodies are decaying in this world? And this is what we see in Acts chapter two. Verses 42 to 47, it says, "'They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching "'and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, "'and to prayer.'" Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers, they were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people." And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this. And you see, for us, there are these four foundational values that we pull out of this passage and we summarize and go, this is what it looks like. These are the rhythms of renewal that if we work these into our spiritual life, we can become who God created us to be. And we can experience the full life that he promises. It's these four words, gather, grow, go, and give. We gather together, we grow together, we go together and serve one another in this world, and we give, we give together. And my bet is, as you think about those, even if it's your first time here, you can probably start to go, oh, I see how those show up in the language and in the temperature of the church and the community and what we do. The whole thing is summarized for us. Acts chapter two is summarized for us in our mission statement. It simply says, becoming a community of authentic Christ followers compelled to change our world. Everybody say that out loud with me. Becoming a community of authentic Christ followers compelled to change our world. That's essentially our summary, our mission, as defined by Acts chapter two. And you can see those same values, right? Becoming, we're growing. We gather to grow and change. You know, Christ at the center, you know, we want him to define us, his power to empower us. And we give, and we go, and we change our world. We don't just sit here. We move out into every relationship and into this world around us. That's where they come from, and that's what we see. So today, we're just going to look for the last few minutes together at the first one, which is gather. And we understand gathering together. We understand, right, because you're doing it right now. Congratulations, you're nailing it. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. It's intentional time where you come together, just like they did in Acts, to center yourself around God and who he is and what he has done and what he is saying and what he will do and to encourage each other. And there's a variety of ways that we do that that are timeless. God's word and singing together and praising him and prayer and just listening for his voice. That's what we do when we gather together together. And scripture reminds us in many different places how important and critical gathering together is. And one of these that we see is in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says this, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is just the who and the what and the how of why we gather, right? Because this is essentially what he's saying. This is you. He's defining sin. This is, what, this is who you are. You're a spur, right? And you think of it, you're like, oh, I didn't want to be a spur. I thought I'd be something cooler. But it's like, wait, this is what he's saying happens in life. As you go through life, you are constantly spurring people, right? Because what do spurs do? They create movement, In a particular direction, they provide motivation. And he's saying, This is it. You're a spur, and the whole world is a horse. And when we gather, this is what we do. We are spurring people around us. When we gather, that is what we're called to do. And so there's the obvious question is what are you spurring people towards? So you're not neutral. You're constantly provoking, right? To spur literally means the literal word here is to provoke. You're poking at people. You're provoking things in them. Constantly. Every every interaction, every conversation, every text, every email, every meeting, every class, every social media post, you're spurring. So the obvious question and the simplest question is, what are you spurring people towards? Because you're constantly doing it. Everyone's a spur. You're all social media. You're all influencers. Congratulations. Right? This is it. This is our job. We're spurring. So the question is, what are we spurring them towards and how? You're either going to spur people towards renewal or you're going to spur them towards ruin. There's no middle ground. You're going to spur people towards renewal and who they were designed and created to be and who they want to be. Or you're going to spur them towards ruin and selfishness and just satisfying their own desires, or whatever that, but what are you spurring people towards now? And that's all it's saying here, is you're spooing them one way or the other. So we're gonna spur them towards love and good deeds, is what it says, and how do we do that? Encouragement. That's what we all want, right? I mean, that's part of why we gather, is we need to be encouraged, or we're gonna spur people towards ruin. We're gonna spur them towards selfishness. We're gonna spur them We're not going to be encouraging. We're going to tear people down. And we're going to be around people. Who do you want to be around? Right? So it's not just what are you doing, what are you giving? It's also what are you receiving. Which you see how important then this whole gathering thing is. And so where's the breakdown in this, right? In a world that's constantly moving towards renewal or ruin. In a life that's moving towards renewal or ruin. In your relationships, as they're moving towards renewal or ruin, what would be the breakdown? What's the decision point about where you're going to go? It's right in the passage. Here's where things start falling apart when people give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. You see, You've already made the best decision of a new year. You showed up, congratulations. You know what you're doing? You're moving towards renewal and you're around a room full of people that wanna do the same thing. That's fantastic. You know what the challenge is gonna be? Next Sunday, right? It's just true or the following week because here's the thing we know. Right? We can just look at, at like just people that are... We know that the, just the average person, they might come to church right to gather about one and a half times a month. That's, when the, that's about how often. Most people come to church. So I'm just like, good for you. You guys are crushing this. You're already like... You're, here's my bet. My bet is your spirit's already being renewed just by the fact that you chose to be here today. And I'm like, yeah, see, that's it you're proving this. And this is, he's saying, here's what I love about this. I talk about this a lot. I love how honest and just in touch with our lives, the Bible is. A lot of times we can look and think, oh, that thing's so old. What could we possibly, I love how honest it is because it's not just, uh, not just us today that have a hard time getting to church. Apparently they did too. That's why it's in there. Right? Right? It's like, why is it there? They're like, a parent, you know what I mean? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Apparently, it was really hard for them to get to church, too. What? Probably all the same reasons. You know what I mean? Life gets hard. It gets, they worked six days a week, too. They had one day of rest. I bet the alarm clock went off on Sunday and they were like, oh, no, not today. All right? They're tired. Their kids probably jumping on them, waking them up and stuff. They, everybody, somebody's sick now. There's no way. Forget it. We're not going. We get, like, they had lots of reasons, just like we do. Sometimes life is great, and we think, life's great. I'm going to save the seat and the parking spot for somebody who really needs it, <laughs> right? But then when our lives start to feel overwhelming, it's like, I need it. I'm going to be the one to go today. I don't know, but I just find some comfort in the fact that they were the same. It's hard. And do you ever think about why it's hard? We talked about it already. Satan, it's just the subtlety, the lie, the deceit. You can do it on your own. You don't need to show up. Nothing good's going to happen there. You barely know those people. They're a little crazy. (laughs) Whatever it is, it's the same thing. But clearly, there's an established rhythm that the earliest church When they were trying to find a way to hold on to the renewal that God promises through his spirit, they said, we must be together. And they were together every day. So I just want to affirm you guys and say, well done. And whatever your history is with gathering, maybe this is your first time, awesome, Maybe this is your church. Whatever you did, like, what if you just did more? I don't even know what that looks like for you. If you showed up one and a half times, what if you showed up two and a half times? Right? Because here's what I believe: God's going to do something with that. It's going to bring renewal from the inside out. I, I I saw this example of just willingness and trying this past week. Um, Many of you know my sons, they get to go to college together. And not only do they get to go to college together, they get to play football together. And football, if you don't know, it's kind of brutal on your body. It's just a hard thing. And so you're never really healthy. And so coming home, it's like, let's get healthy. Let's get right. They got some nagging things. Let's try and figure this out. And so my wife sends us to, to this guy, Chuck. She's like, you need to go see Chuck. And I'm like, who's Chuck? And Chuck's this guy that one of her friends sent her to down to Mission VAO. Go see Chuck. He'll, he'll fix it. Okay. So we go in there, and, and Chuck's office, you open the door, and there's people hanging out. And there's no receptionist. There's no check-in. There's no nothing. There's just like a room. And Chuck is just sitting at the table working on somebody. And he's like, well, who are you? What are you here for? And we're like, great. And he's the nicest guy. And clearly, there's tons of relationship. And he's doing, and he's doing these crazy things. And so we sit down. And so he goes, all right, who's first? Let's go. So my son goes up there and he's like, my, what's wrong? And I "On my back, I had a nagging thing there. And so, all right, lay down. And he's talking to us, you know, what's your story, blah, blah, blah. And he's feeling things around. And then he goes, ah, never tells why he goes, ah, he just says it. And then he's like, mmm, mm, turn over, do, you know, this, all right, sit down, stand up, you know, knees, whatever he's doing. It's like, what is, ha- Kate? we're like looking at each other like, this is nuts. So anyway, then he does it and he goes, okay. Does a couple things. He gives him a roll of tape, wraps it in some funky way around his ankle and goes, all right, you see what I did here? And he showed him, he goes, you do that for three weeks and just walk walk from the, mo- just all day, from the moment you get up through your practices, whatever, do that for three weeks. And he says, you'll be, you'll be better. You'll be fine. Next. And then he calls Kadiv, right? And it's like, what's your problem? You know, he starts poking around, same thing. And this, mm, ah, you know, gets, you know, I think he had this handmade Theragun that he probably built himself in 1940. It looks like, you know, One of those old-school Iron Man dad built it. But anyway, he's working on Kate and all this stuff and does the same thing. Gives him a roll of tapes and says, here's the thing. Shows him a different way to do something. But he's like, you feel better? Okay, do that for three weeks, whatever. So we get in the car. We're talking that night at dinner. And we're just telling Holiday, like, I can't believe you sent us to Chuck. You know what I mean? Like, really, honey? What's the deal? Blah, blah, blah. And I looked at my sons, and I just said, well, I said, aren't you going to try? And they're like, what do you mean? And I go, well, did you look around Chuck's office? And in this one-room office, you look around, and literally from the, the floor to the ceiling is nothing but eight-by-ten photos of, like, world-class athletes that have written thank-you notes over their images to Chuck, And they're like, thank you for helping me. Thank you. And I mean, it's the whole office. It would be the entire thing, wall to wall. And I'm like, guys, I know it sounds crazy. And I know in many ways it sounds simple. But wouldn't you want to try? If that is the story that this guy's written for the last 40, 50 years in athletes. So, as we talk about renewal and as we talk about the rhythms of renewal to change your life from the inside out, and one of them being just showing up here more than you did last year, I know it sounds simple, maybe even crazy to some of you. But wouldn't you want to try? Because there's story after story after story of people's lives that have been changed because they walked in these rhythms of renewal. This room is full of pictures, faces, people who are here that have thank you notes written to God about the power of renewal that's taken place in their life because they trusted these rhythms. You got to hear me be one of them. Are you willing to just try and see? Maybe there's something to it. So as we close, if you would, just close your eyes. Let me pray over you. So, Father, thank you. Thank you that you, you knew that every single one of us would be here today. You knew that we would be here this morning. You knew what you had for us, just this powerful invitation into renewal in our lives. And so we thank you for loving us and for caring for us, inviting us into the power of renewal that you offer through trusting our life to Jesus and and walking in these rhythms that you established for us centuries ago. And so as we continue to listen and respond to you, would you just give us the humility and the courage to continue listening and following and maybe even trying and trusting you in ways that are new and different than we've ever done before. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.